You are listening to the Content Academy podcast where we teach online businesses how to create raving fans with their content. So let's get to it. Yes, hello, and you're very welcome to the Content Academy podcast. I'm Phil McGrath, and today, unfortunately, there is no Paul Caffrey. Yes, the man who likes to travel is stuck once again, so I'm afraid, folks, you will just have me on the show today. But not to worry, I still have a great guest lined up for you in Linda Ugalo. Linda is a coach who helps people get comfortable in their bodies and expressing themselves. Linda helps people uh, find and deal with their past experiences that are perhaps um, creating a fear or anxiety about getting in front of the camera. And today we speak to her about a number of topics that I think you're really going to find interesting. Um, We look at exactly how you can get comfortable in front of the camera and Linda has some great pieces of advice for you that you can use to get comfortable in front of the, front of the camera and stop that worry and self-doubt and we'll speak to her exactly about how you can do those there's five steps that she has and I really think you'll get some great insight into them we also then speak to Linda we take a little bit step back in her journey and about how she managed to pivot and turn and how she did her market research Um, So some great piece of advice there for for you if you're looking to do some market research or certainly if you haven't, ways you can go about doing that. Um, So we'll chat to Linda about that and also her unconventional method for brainstorming, which I really, really like. Not too dissimilar to my own, but unconventional in the sense that um, it's a little bit out there, as she puts a little bit woo-woo, as she says, but it really, really works for her. Um, And we also speak to Linda about how she overcomes content um, blocks. So when she uh, is looking at creating, how she can manage to take a step back and overcome that dreaded writer's block or content content blocks, as she puts it. Um, And also, then again, we also have a quick chat about how your planning can influence your content coming up. And we speak a little bit about that. It's something that myself and Paul have done. It's something that Linda has done. And it was a real kind of aha moment for her once it kind of clicked into place that she realized how she could go about doing that and really opened some some doors for her in terms of planning out her content and having a clear um, pathway to where she wants to be. So we speak all about that as well on today's show. So without going on too much, let's head on over to our interview with Linda. Yes, so as I said, we have Linda Ugalo on the line from lindaugalo.com. Linda, how the hell are you? I'm doing great. I'm really glad to be here, Phil. Yeah, it's great to have you on. Um, unfortunately, as I was saying before the show kicked off, Paul is nowhere to be seen. Um, some travel difficulties today has left him stranded in an airport, so he won't be joining us. So it's just you and me, I'm afraid. It's goodbye me. <laughs> um, I suppose, Linda, just for our audience who may not be too familiar with your work, you might just give them a bit of background on you. So what kind of way are you started and what you're at at the moment? Well, my journey has not been a straight line by any means. It's more of kind of a, a zigzag or a dance, and which is kind of appropriate because I've always danced. That's always been my medium until recently, really. And um, so... I have always used dance as a means of kind of self-knowledge and self-awareness. I have a master's degree in movement therapies, and so movement as a healing modality. And I've, I'm a pretty introspective kind of a person. So I've always been helping people get comfortable in their bodies and expressing themselves. And then at some point a few years back, I decided I wanted to enter the online space and I wasn't quite sure how it was going to, how I could kind of replicate what I do live onto the online space. So I mostly kind Mm -hmm. of lurked around and see what was needed, what was, you know, what I felt I could contribute. And for a while I was coaching in a way to kind of allow people to realize how they could feel good and more ease and flow and happy really in their work. So because I really believe in the happiness advantage, I believe that when you are having a good time, when you feel upbeat, that you are more productive and that you're more attractive. So that was my direction for a while. But what came to me was that people were really struggling Okay, so let me just step back a minute. I really believe in seeing what conversations are out there. And one of the conversations I was listening into was 
using video for creating content. And I'm very mm. interested in that myself. So as I started to look around and I bought and participated in courses and challenges, I realized that going on video was comfortable for a very few, doable for a slightly larger number of people, and then really frightening for an even greater number. Yeah. And yeah. so what was happening was that, you know, people would say, okay, here's my program. Here's how you make videos. Here's the strategy, the SEO and how you get out there. And yeah, it's uncomfortable, but just do it and you'll get comfortable over time. So that was cool for me because I am one of those people. I, I've been performing for 35 years with a women's world music group. I'm their principal dancer and I also sing and I've played instruments. So I've been on the stage for a long time and I've had my own process of going from awkward to comfortable. Hmm. So as I was looking in on this conversation, I realized, you know, there are a lot of people being left out here who would really benefit from being able to create a lot of content using the camera whether it's images, getting in front of the camera for a photo shoot or hosting webinars or YouTube or course creation. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, so I thought, you know, I have something to contribute here that is not being addressed. And that is what do you do if you're not comfortable enough to jump right in? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Which is a major problem. For, for a, a lot of people. Problem. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm so, probably a little bit like yourself, Linda, in that, um, it doesn't bother me. I actually enjoy it. Um, there's probably a bit of a showman in me somewhere, but uh, it never really seemed to be an issue for me. But I certainly know plenty of people who have had to kind of fight that demon to get themselves in front of the camera. But the benefits they've seen since they've been able to do that have been huge. That's right. It, they are huge. And unfortunately, though, some of the demons that they have to face just feel like they loom too large to take that first step. So that's where I came in and I pivoted about a year ago or a little more to begin to work with people in healing their past experiences because usually what they are carrying with them are hurts and unkind words and you know things that people said or experiences yeah. from the past and they just kind of keep it it just keeps gurgling inside them. So healing those and also working with other ways of, so what I was doing, you're talking about content creation. What I do is when I feel like I know how to do something that other people don't, I deconstruct my own process. Mm. Yeah. I say, okay, what did I have to do or what am I having to do or what do I do to get myself comfortable to do 200 periscopes or um, you know, what are the pieces that I do? And I've been doing them for so long that it takes a little bit of just stepping back and looking at my process. So that's what I do. Yeah. I mean, and that's, I really like that because I mean, it's, it's, it's something that when you do something so often, it's almost done on autopilot and it's mm -hmm. having to take a step back and analyze not only um, how you do it, but why you do it. Um, which is great for obviously your audience that you're sharing that knowledge with. But I think also as business owners as well, it's, there's no harm to take a step back and look and go, well, this is what I do. This is how I do it. But yeah. why do I do it? What's the why behind, behind doing this? What, what am I getting from this? What's the benefit from this? And it's great for us to even just take a stock take of kind of go what we're doing and why we're doing it. And is it working? Um, so, I mean, I really, really like that. If I can take a step back, um, I mean, you kind of said you, you were kind of lurking around and listening to conversations and you, you've seen kind of what wasn't being addressed. How did you go about kind of finding those conversations or getting that research together to realize that there was a need that wasn't being addressed that you felt you could very well address? It came out very organically just by following my interest. So here, as I mentioned, I started out. So my site was high on life everyday strategies for or strategies for everyday bliss in your life and business. Mm -hmm. So that was, you know, the genre of, you know, kind of positivity and happiness that I was working with. And I thought, well, I enjoy going on camera and it, you know, it's interesting. I love being in front of the camera. That doesn't mean that I think everything I do looks good. 
you know, yeah, I, know I, what you mean. I still feel like there's lots of room for growth. I can look at my videos. So it's not synonymous, you know, but I enjoy the process. I enjoy making it better. I, I love starting somewhere and going somewhere with it. So that's a little different than, you know, oh yeah, I go on video and it's, fabulous from the first take no it's not like that no it, it really isn't sure it's not <laughs> <laughs> but i mean it's a legitimate thought that people have prior to doing it that they feel everything has to be perfect and it all has to be manicured to within an inch of its life before you can publish and, and that's just not the case no that's death actually <laughs> it is so i mean the 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 gap in the market as you saw it, you said it kind of came up naturally in yes. terms of then deciding right well this is where i want to go this is the the the, the niche i want to fill or, or the kind of pains and problems that i see people having that i want to help them with mm-hmm. how did you then go about mapping out where you would start in terms of what content you would provide for them and how far in advance did you have to get all that ready before you could even step in I would say, so the first thing I did was market research, and it's so useful to do that. And what I mean by that is looking around or putting the word out saying, this is what I'm interested in, you know, understanding or learning more about to see if it's useful. And is Mm. there anyone out there who would be willing to talk with me for 20 minutes about you know, this issue and you can can offer, you know, something in return for that. But I got so many people on the, probably, I don't know, 20, 25 people who said, yeah, I want to talk about that. That's me. I raised my hand. Mm, Yeah. And where did you find these people? Pardon? On Facebook groups, mostly also friends, friends, family. I mean, I, I picked a range of people. What I was looking for is potential clients, past clients, my friends and family, more my mentors, my peers, people who are serving the same market. So I try to spread it out a little bit. Mm. And, you know, so if it was someone serving my same market, I would, or a similar market, I would say, well, what do you think these people would want in a program? What do you think are their biggest struggles? What do you think they would be looking for in a coach or in a teacher? And so with friends and family who weren't my ideal client, I could still ask those kind of questions and get really interesting information in terms of what they saw, because everybody has ideas, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Nobody has so, a monopoly on good ones. Exactly. And so a lot of the content I came, came up with came from those conversations, not just with you know, potential ideal clients, but also with all the other people who I spoke with. I really like that. I mean, and we've had it so often on the show from speaking to uh, to our other guests and they say, you know, you really need to sit down with with your clients or prospective clients or people who have the problems that you're looking to address and really dig into it because what you think they may want may not at all be what they're actually after. And you don't know until you ask them. And, and that's the key, like what to ask. Well, that's what I was just about to ask you. In terms of if uh, the conversations that you had, how did you go about and um, building a, a questionnaire or the questions that you were going to ask the, these these people about their problems? Well, what I like to start with, and I, I think most people start with this is, you know, well, what, are, what are you doing or what are you attempting to do? I like to ask what's going great? What do you love about it? Hmm. I always like to start there. And then what do you wish would be better? And then I would like put out my ideas. I'm thinking about doing this. Can I describe it to you? And can you give me your feedback, what you think about that? Would that be useful to you? Like if I did such and such, if I did X, Y, Z, you know, would, would you find that useful? And then I would ask, what am I missing here? You know, what would you ideally love for it to include? And also what kind of person would you want to work with on this kind of um, endeavor, like what kind, what would you want in a coach? What would you want in a, in a teacher? And then I actually got a client that way. She said, well, someone just like you, (laughs) (laughs) Done. you're paid. Thank you. (laughs) And that was the beginning of our work together. And we're still together. That was last early last summer. So, um, yeah, but many of those other people, you know, gave me wonderful feedback. 
and then we'd also have a money conversation. I would say, okay, so if you, what, what's something that you would pay for this kind of thing? On the low end, for someone just starting out, if someone was really experienced, what would you pay? So the, all these kinds of questions, as many as you can think of. And you know, what's nice about this is that it's not about sales. It's not like you're looking for a sale, so you don't carry any yeah, kind you're of not pitching anything. You're just gathering information and it's much easier to ask those kinds of questions. I really like that. I, again, it's something that I, I know, as I've said already, comes up time and time again. But for, for our listeners who are who are tuning in at the moment, this is the type of thing you really need to be doing. Um, you need to be sitting down, whether it's having a virtual cup of coffee, as uh, Andrea Stenberg put it, or whether you're sitting knee to knee, knee to knee, like Mark Lack said. You really need to get to know your your uh, ideal client, I suppose, and have a chat with them and really see where the problems lie, so you can better address them. Um, which is quite interesting. I wrote an article over on on Content Academy yesterday, um, about using um the Twitter's advanced search to better define your customers' problems, and this kind of takes it on a step. It's great that I can see from social media what the conversations people are having but then to find those people and go can i get you on a skype call for 20 minutes i'd love to know more about what you're struggling with at the moment is a great way of getting to it so i mean you've built all this feedback from the people you've spoke to so you now have a very kind of comprehensive idea of where they're struggling and what the problems are yeah. how did you then go about coming up with what you were going to to teach them and show them and map it all out well, partially I was thinking, what can I offer that no one else is doing or do it in a different way? Mm. So that was, that was the kind of the big question. Now I have to confess that my, my favorite way of coming up with content is rather unconventional. Oh, I like unconventional. Give it, <laughs> give, excellent. Give it to me. Okay. So this may sound a little woo, but it's not really because it, it deals with right and left brain. So during the day, we're, our brains are bombarded with all our to-dos and tasks. And that kind of cognitive functioning kind of overshadows the creative side of us if, if we have a lot to do. It doesn't have to, but it can. So what I like to do is before I go to sleep, I just kind of say out loud to, I don't know who's listening. Is it the universe? Is it my guides? I don't know. I don't really care. But I say, hey, I would love to get some ideas about uh, how I can structure my course or what are the elements that I need to bring into my course. And I always, always, always keep scrap paper next to my bed. And in the morning when I'm in that half waking, half sleepy state, my mind is so creative and I just come, you know, my, I can scribble down lots of ideas just upon awakening. But the other thing I do is I give myself morning creative time. So while I'm still in bed, I'll either quote unquote meditate or I'll put on some music that's very, oh, kind of uplifting and it kind of opens my heart a little bit and I just listen to the music and then let the thoughts, whatever thoughts come in, I scribble them down. And this is probably where I come up with 80% of my content is in these morning hours, just waking up. And then I, I wish I had a better system for this. I don't want to like have my computer in my bedroom. I like to keep it separate. Yeah, um, I, I agree uh, with that completely. The downside is that then I have all these papers. I mean, it could be one paper, but it could be 12 papers some mornings. Yeah. And then, okay, now I have to organize this. I put it up on Evernote. Or sometimes if I know it's a blog, I will write it right into a blog draft. So I try to... I try to streamline it as much as I can, or if it's, um, you know, a list of video content I want to make, then it'll go into Evernote or whatever. So I'll try to direct it where it goes. But sometimes, truthfully, I get a backlog of papers, and that's not, that's kind of like the curse of the creative mind. <laughs> yeah, no, listen, I can understand that. And I mean, I really like that. I, I have a notebook um, that I keep beside my bed. Um. Unlike you, I don't get these ideas first thing in the morning. I get them late at night when I'm lying in bed. I've switched off. I'm just just lying there, staring at the ceiling, trying to shut shut everything down and get get some get some sleep. 
and then the ideas just start to come i think it only happens because i've shut off everything else and i'm just sitting there that's right and you know i've spoke to paul about this and he says yeah but you're kind of meditating there so no i don't meditate and he says you don't think you do but you actually do he said the way you your process works for just lying there complete silence nothing going on he said you just switch off and this is when you get your ideas he said it is a form of meditation whether you believe it or not like yes. I go, okay but I, I like you i have pages and pages of stuff that has never seen uh, the light of day bar bar the notebook um, and every once in a while i'll sit down and i'll go through it and kind of go right what's in what's in here um mm-hmm. unless i have something that i think is imminent that i think right that's great that's got to go in um over the next week or two it yep. stays in the notebook um, and I'll flick through, then I'll go back over it. I don't review it every day or every week. It could be every two or three weeks before I kind of flick back through it with a cup of coffee. And then mm-hmm. I'll take pieces out of it and put it into um into Trello. Oh, you use Trello. Yeah, um, um for that. But I also, and people have seen the uh, our, our Instagram account. Um, they'll see my, my sticky notes on the wall. It's another great <laughs> one I love to do. Um, I'll pull the ideas from my notebook um, with, with the headings on a sticky note, and then I'll just stand back and fill the wall full of different colored sticky notes for different concepts and then that's it that's i'll take them down in order staple them together they go into a drawer they're always kept but i also photograph them before they come down Interesting. and then i get to go back through it but i really like the way you've done that so now you've kind of you have your unconventional method as you put it for for kind of brainstorming so you've got the these great ideas now on your scraps of paper and you've put them into to evernote or some of them into a, a draft on a blog in terms of structuring them and kind of putting together like a jigsaw, have you any methods for that that you find work really well for you at the moment? Well, truthfully, I am one of the, I've, I come from a background of being kind of like a go with the flow organic kind of person. And mm-hmm. it's only in the past year that I feel like I've been creating structures for myself and the structure that I am enjoying right now is actually having a project to work on. So that creates the structure. And right now I'm okay, uh, in the midst of a launch and that requires certain kinds of content. So, and I like that. I like the structure that that affords me. So it's, you know, the content of an you know, an email responder sequence, it's blog posts that I want to you know, disseminate information on. It's a Mm. series of videos. It's the content for the course that I'm creating. So I like having that kind of real life structure. I've not yet, and I'm still holding out for me to change my ways, but I have (laughs) not yet like been able to like really embrace the idea of an editorial calendar that reaches beyond maybe two or three months. I feel like two months is kind of works best for me yeah i mean so, that's it's all yeah. about finding what does work best for you i am um, i mean we spoke to lane kennedy and lane's editorial calendar is a month in, or a year in advance so to say 12 months in advance wow. um which is it's spectacular and yeah i she's the first person i'd spoken to that kind of planned that far in advance but i really yeah. liked it but I'm, I'm i'm with you i think kind of two three months is really where in terms of really nailing down what content is going in we do have a calendar for 12 month period where we know what the topics are going to be what's happening whether there's launches coming up and various products and so on and so forth so we have it roughly nailed in but in terms of definites as in this has to be written and published by that date and here's what's going on here's the the research and everything for it yeah we're about the same it's two three months kind of max but it, it we do have a plan in the background so yeah. i mean you've got your your two-month editorial calendar in there and you've got your content i mean when it comes to writing um we've we spoke to all our guests about this as well what's the one biggest problem you find when it comes to sitting down to create your blog post or whether it's create a video to go along with with what your ideas that you've come up with is there one major problem that you find Um, probably it would be, I hate doing this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the idea of not being in the right mind space. Yeah. And so what I've come up with, I, I went through this, I don't know, maybe six months ago when I was starting to rewrite my website and I was thinking, I hate doing this. And I thought, you know, I'm a coach and I thought, okay, Linda, you've got to 
how would you coach yourself through this? And the first thing I did was, you know, I like to write, but I like to write when I like when I'm in the mood to write. Yeah. But, you know, writers, quote unquote writers, they write regardless. Every day. So the first thing I did is I Googled why I like to write. So I thought, okay, I'm gonna get inspiration from the people who love to write, regardless. Hmm. And so I made a compilation of all those ideas about people that like to write. And then it gave me my own ideas. And this is part of my process that I work with with my clients as well as myself and will be working in any kind of courses is I like to visualize. I like to go in and relax the body because you know you can do you can do any kind of task or put your effort into something. But if you're not really relaxed, like an athlete or an ice skater or, you know, someone who does their craft really well and efficiently, then you're spending a lot of energy in ways that actually pulls you down or pulls, um, prevents you from moving forward. So what I did in this case was I took out my journal and I wrote down my own reasons why I like to write. You spoke about the why, right? Yeah. Why I like to write. And what is the gift in writing? What is, you know, what is the, my biggest hope? What would be the absolute best experience writing? And then I came up with things like, I'll get clarity on what I really want to say. I'll, you know, they'll bring me closer to my true heart's desire. I will get new ideas that I didn't think of before. I will feel like this tremendous sense of flow and absorption, you know, of my creativity. And I went on and on, you know, like finding my whys and not just finding my whys, but creating my intention. And then I went in and I, I, um, I, work with relaxation a lot. In fact, I have a weekly relaxation audio that different ones each week, because I think it's so important for us to know what relaxation feels like as we bring ourselves to do tasks, especially if we have blocks. So I got myself in a nice relaxed place and I imagined and visualized, okay, there I am at the computer. I'm really like in the flow. I'm absorbed. You know, my, I'm not thinking about jumping up and going to the refrigerator every five minutes. I, I'm just in the experience of what this writing is bringing to me. And I also then visualize, you know, completing the task and what it feels like to be done. And wow, that was so great. And that sense of satisfaction. So I take it all the way to the end. And then I go and I sit and I write. Now I don't go through that whole process every single time. But I will tell you that if I know that my day is going to include writing, and these days, most of my days do, before I get out of bed, I do spend time going into a relaxed state and visualizing myself moving through my day with that sense of ease and flow and openness so that when I do sit down to write uh, my sales page or an email that I have already prepaved the way for myself. Wow. That is most certainly a process I like. Um, and something I could probably learn a thing or two from you about Linda. Um, I have a tendency to rush around the place a little bit sometimes and uh, it can cause, I think I cause my own stress sometimes, but, uh, I really like that. It might be something I may, I may try in future. Um, although again, I do like writing, so it's never, let's say it's never, but some days I like it more than others, but I never really have a, oh, I just don't want to be here. I don't want to do this because I, I really enjoy what I do. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm actually just scribbling down some notes here. I really, really like that. So, I mean, we're creating our content. We're in that flow. You've mapped it all out. One of the big things, again, that is a problem is that once this content is created, the promotional side of things seem to slip away. Um, people maybe they just put it on it goes on twitter once it goes on facebook once maybe it goes on instagram if they're on instagram or pinterest and okay it's done that's it i've put it out into the world and just wait um that's just not gonna do it i mean in terms of your promotion strategy is there any key things that you find are working well for you at the moment well number one is get help i really am a big believer of not trying to do everything yourself and being 
of an older generation and all of these technologies are new for me. I love learning about them, but what I am aiming to do right now is to create a team. So I have someone to help me with Facebook ads. I have someone to help me post and I do it myself as well. So I feel like it's a matter of, um, so for instance, I'll, I'll just say what some of the processes. If I write a blog post, then I send it over to somebody who pulls out 10 tweets from it Excellent. and then you know so and she can put those out and kind of schedule them and recycle them a few times if especially if I have my post uh, published on someone else's site mm. so I have some blogs on um, positively positive and also the positive psychology program that's based in the Netherlands it's in English and they have a, a, a weekly um, series of blog posts that they host. So those are two that I'm kind of regulars on now. And so that that's kind of exciting. And then so the pieces that I do are posting to my peers in Facebook groups. And the piece that my team does is posting on Twitter on on Facebook as well, but more generally, and um, LinkedIn and will be starting Instagram as well. So I feel like it's about like taking the content that you have. And I know you've done this. I've listened to your podcast. So <laughs> I know that this is not new information at all, but repurposing so that you don't have to always come up with this, you know, redoing it all the time, but make a good piece of content. And then you can make your tweets, you can make your posts, you can shorten it for LinkedIn pulse. You can um, make a one minute video tip. <clears throat> or you can, you know, create a course. I've actually done the uh, the reverse. I created my course first, and then I'm creating the content based on the course because I want the I want to lead people into or invite people to become more curious and more uh, attracted to learning more. Excellent. I, I love that idea. Um, and you're not alone there. Um, that idea of creating a course, even if it, even if you're not actually going to create it, but create it in your mind. Oh, know, that's a great idea. Know mm -hmm. where you're going. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I, as I said earlier on, we, we do plan out 12 months in advance. We know what's coming down the line. Planning a course, knowing, okay, if everything goes to plan, this is the way, I, this is what I want to include in a course that I want to offer an audience. Mm -hmm. Map it all out and then reverse engineer it. So these are the steps. Okay, this is the process. This is how it's going to run. And then what blog posts could I create off that? They're going to pique interest in knowing more about that subject. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that all goes apart into your, in almost, you can put it into a launch sequence, yes. Or you can start priming your audience months in advance to know mm -hmm. about what's coming. I really like that. And you're not alone in that. I, I, I've spoke to a number of people um, privately about this and how they go about doing it and this is something that's come back time and time again and uh, the fact that you're doing it as well is you know and i know you were saying it, it's not new information but new information is great because obviously it broadens your horizons but there has become a point where you need to realize that if everyone is telling you the same thing there has to be an element of truth <laughs> And, you know, yeah. you really need to look at it. And again, that's, that's, we can kind of reiterate that today about finding the content and recreating it. And what we're doing at the moment during our 30 day blogging challenges, we're creating our articles and then we're hosting a Periscope talking about those articles. So I've, I've spent the time to create an article and now I'm going to take 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes. I'm going to jump on Periscope and I'm going to talk about it. And it's just another way of using that content to get the word out there and hopefully drive traffic back to the site. And then, of course, you're going to hopefully get them in towards your lead magnet and your funnel and so on and so forth. And we all know how that runs. So I really, really like that. Um, We're getting tight for time, Linda, and I'm conscious of that. So I have one or two more questions, if you don't mind. I mean, you spoke earlier on about getting people comfortable in front of the camera um and getting them to from to kind of overcome that self-consciousness and, and get and um, get them to self-aware i think you were saying have you any tips for our listeners and how they could do that or oh definitely so when you are self-conscious what's really going on is that you are 
like whether it's, oh, I'm not sure I like the way I look. I don't like the sound of my voice. I feel kind of awkward the way I move. So my shoulders or I don't like that mannerism. I, you know, my energy feels sluggish or I'm kind of too in your face. You know, all these things, they're all about what someone else, what you imagine someone else is judging you for. Mm. So the key here is to assume that just by us being human beings coming into this world, you know, if you look at a young child, they don't, they know they're lovable. They know that they're likable. They know that they're cute. They know that they're smart. They know that they're capable. I mean, they, they work at, you know, walking, you know, and they fall down and they get up and they're not deterred. They're undeterred, completely undeterred. So where do we lose that? And I don't feel like we need to like um, necessarily go into that unless that's interesting. But the point is that to rather than be focused outwardly to focus inwardly. And that's why I like the relaxation again, because if you think you're going to press broadcast and feel perfectly relaxed, well, honey, you've got something else coming to you because <laughs> when the stress is on, if you don't know what relaxation feels like, you're not going to feel relaxed. You know, it's like you just hope for the best. Yeah. So, but so the number one thing is if P, if you have felt, uh, if you are concerned about other people, chances are you are also judging yourself. So number one is start talking to yourself the way you would talk to your most adored friend or family member. When you look at yourself in the mirror, say, hey, darling, or hey, cutie pie, or, you know, first thing in the morning, hey, sleepyhead, use endearments. You have to, you have to become your own best buddy, your own advocate, inner advocate, because you can't rely on other people outside to do it for you. And if they are doing it, but inside you're saying, yes, but, yes, but, Mm. and you're putting yourself down, well, what do you expect? Yeah. You know, you're not going to respond well to your own self-deprecation. So change your self-talk is number one. Number two, we talked about perfection. Give yourself permission to not be perfect, to make mistakes. There's no way around it. You have to make mistakes. And yeah. look at mistakes as something interesting. Let the, yourself be curious. Yeah, I mean, there was than, something that... Um... But Mika Cooney said as well that kind of just as you, as you, you hit on it there, she said it was a very interesting quote from her. She said, "Imperfect action is better than perfect inaction," and Absolutely. I really, really like that. But yes, that's fabulous, and also that imperfection. First of all, there's so many good things about imperfection. You're more relatable. People like you better. It's what makes us human. Yes, and it gives us a place to grow. And it gives us good information, you know, like, okay, and we want to grow, you know, part of the enjoyment of life is feeling like we're growing. So if we don't give ourselves any place to grow to, that's no fun. Mm. You know, we want to get better. So allow yourself to be where you are and enjoy the process of, ooh, now I'm getting this part. And if you're not judging it, you're just being curious and interested and in, let's see, what can I do this time that will be a little different? then it makes it a lot more fun. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, as I said, it's not something I suffer with, but certainly I know plenty of people who do. And from what even you're saying there, I can see that in them. Mm -hmm. That these are the struggles they have. And right. I've had these conversations and maybe I haven't quite worded them the way you have uh, because they're good friends. So I can afford to be a little bit harsher with my words in terms of how, how I lay it out to them. But certainly it's a great piece of advice for anyone listening who's really struggling to, to get, get in front of the camera yeah. um, and, you know, take those to take those to heart. Um, yeah. The last question. I, ha I have two others because I can do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sorry. Yeah. I apologize. I thought that was it. Keep yeah, going. No, no, no. Oh, Keep it running. No, I have anyone. So, but I'll just give two right now. So one is to give appreciation for what did go well. So one, one of the things I love to do is take a piece of a video or even just a photograph and allow the critic to be there. Okay, let's hear what you have to say. 
and I make a list of all those things. And then I say, okay, let's go back. And now I'm going to find just as many lines of things that I appreciate. And this does wonders, whether it's with a photograph or with a video, to allow yourself to dig down and see yourself to see and appreciate, to see yourself how other people see you, because most people are not looking at those things that you are criticizing yourself for. And it gives you a much better perspective. And you want, I think that people respond much better, and you will to yourself, when you feel like you, there is someone inside or part of you that is really appreciating and celebrating for the things, oh yeah, I liked how I, I worded that, oh I... I like that sparkle in my eyes. I liked how I kind of smiled there or, you know, whatever it is, but to make sure that you are really giving yourself that, that lift, not just lift, but that deeper look into what you are bringing. Even if it is, you know, I really appreciate that I did that today. Mm. that I got on the camera. Yeah, sometimes just the okay. fact that you did it is the silver lining. Absolutely. And then the last one I'm going to just mention in, is that it's really not about you. It's about what you are bringing to somebody else. The problem that you're helping to solve, the, the teaching that you are bringing that's going to make their life better or easier or more fun or whatever it is. So focusing on your why and that there's one person, even if there's just one person, if you can make a difference in their lives, you can give them something that's going to, you know, just make it a little better in some way, then your, your work has been done. And so that's what I like to focus on. I like to help people shift their focus from, oh, this is about me. No, it's about, well, yes, it is. Okay, I'm not going to say it's not. It's about you and that it's about you becoming more of yourself for you expanding into what you are here to contribute. But in the actuality of a video or a webinar, it's about are you offering something that someone else can benefit from? And so that's where the focus is. What is your why? Why are you there? And how are you helping? And then, then it doesn't really matter all these other things. It's just like, yeah, I want to share this with you because this worked for me or I know about this and I want it. I want you to be able to do it too. And this is how we lift each other up. Yeah. And I mean, it's great. That's a great piece of advice. And people tend to forget that if the content you're creating or the message you're getting across has an effect on somebody and really helps them out in some way, shape or form, do you honestly think they're going to show someone else your video and the first thing they're going to open with is, wow, look at that guy's hair. No, it's going to be waiting to see what I've just learned or wait and you have a listen to this and see what you make. But this was brilliant. I really enjoyed this. Or This is after helping me out. I think it'll help you have a look. Right. They're not going to mention any of the imperfections that you perceive within your video, but they are going to mention the message or the content. And right. that's all you need to concern yourself with. That's right. Um, so I really like that. It's, it's a great message to get across and certainly um, one that I think people need to hear more often. It's not about you. It's about the value you bring and you need to bring it because if you don't, you can have all the bells and whistles. I think as, Mar as Mark Asquith put it, you become uh, someone with all the kit and no ideas. Um, you have the best camera in the world, but if what you're having the camera isn't any use, you may forget about it. Mm -hmm. um, final question for you um, as we're tipping on here, Linda. Um, what is the one thing that you wish you knew when you started when it comes to creating content that would have made your life a hell of a lot easier? I think it was something that we, we both touched on is knowing where you're going first. It took me a, a while, probably about a year and a half into being online when I first heard, know where, <laughs> know where you're going. It's mm. like, have the have your your imaginary or real course out there in your mind and then build back from it it hadn't occurred to me at all that is so important and it's so useful before that it was kind of like oh let's see maybe someone would like this audio or maybe someone would like that and you know i'm not putting that down i feel like that may that was where i started from 
you know, and it got me to where I am now. So I'm happy. But if I, when I realized that it was like, everything kind of fell into place. It's like, of course, you know, if I want to have people sign up with me to work with me one-on-one, or if I want them to buy this package or this course, I need to have that in mind and then work back from there. It had not occurred to me, believe it or not, it was new. And I really, I see, I know I'm not alone because I can't be the only person in the world that didn't see that. <laughs> but I <do laughs> No, wish, and you're not. That's the funny I thing. I that I, I understood that sooner. And I did B-School. I did several different um, business courses early on. And somehow it just hadn't clicked mm. for a good year and a half that that was something I needed. And once it did, it was like, oh, okay, I get it now. And then I, then I had to like revamp my perspective, which took a little time. Okay. Like I get that idea now. How am I going to implement that? What does that actually mean for me mm. in my business? Yeah. And I mean, I love the fact that you just said that, you know, that, you know, you're very sure that you weren't the only one who, who kind of had that moment and you're dead. Right. And that's kind of why we, we love doing the podcast is we get to speak to people like yourself, Linda, and see what, where, where everything clicked into place for them. Because mm -hmm. someone listening to this right now, having heard that information could also have it click into place. Right. And now they're on a different path. And that's right. why we love doing it. And we love getting insights from a, from, from people like yourself is that, everyone has a lesson they can teach and every just a little bit of information can go an awful long way no matter how innocuous it may seem to us to somebody else it can have a huge impact so thank you very much for sharing that with us you're most very welcome well it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show i feel feeling we could stay on it a hell of a lot longer and keep going and not run out of things to say but um before I do let you go off the line, where can our audience get a hold of you? Maybe to drop you a tweet or a Facebook message just to say thank you very much for uh, spending the time with us today. All of my social media is Linda Ugolo. So whether it's my website or my Twitter, Periscope, Instagram, LinkedIn, it's all Linda Ugolo. L-I-N-D-A-U-G-E-L-O-W. Lovely stuff. We'll make sure to have links to that in the show notes. Linda, as I said, thank you very much for taking the time to come on to the show today we really really appreciate it and uh, we'll uh, have to check back in with you after your uh, revamp is done and see how you're getting on that would be wonderful thanks so much phil thank you have a good one yes so that was linda yugolo from linda some really great stuff in there um i suppose if we just go into the aspects of how to get comfortable and confident in front of the camera i really like linda's five steps of advice that really people aren't looking at you don't be too worried about that but also that you know you need to get something out there and be thankful for the things that went well so once you've finished recording something go back and look at it okay there might be points that you're not happy with but pick out the points that you are happy with and be thankful for those and as i was saying in, during the show maybe it's a case that the, the the silver lining is the fact that you just got in front of the camera and you did it and it's a great thing to get in, into the habit of doing instead of focusing on the negative focus on the positive yes acknowledge that things could have went better or there are other things you could have done but focus on the positive will have give you a real shift in mindset and then even the linda's tip she was saying about you know speaking to yourself like you'd speak to to your dearest friend i really like that again building your own self-confidence because these doubts that we have Although, yes, they may come from outside factors and, you know, everyone has baggage, um, to put that in, in a inverted commas, I suppose. But they're the only things limiting us. And if we can address those and move past those, well, then there are no limits. You can, you can certainly move forward in terms of putting yourself in front of the camera and getting your message across. And I really, really like that. There was so much in there. I mean, the... Um, linda's market research and about how she went about doing that and going out to facebook groups and reaching out to people she knows already and getting them in on a call and having a chat with them for 20 minutes and really you know digging deep into where their their pains and problems and frustrations are and the types of things they want and just asking them what do you want what would you want from a course that might teach you about this and what kind of person would you want to be taught from and she was able to build up a database of answers and stuff that she could use going forward to really know that when she starts creating content she's addressing some major issues that her audience have and i really like that not enough people as far as i'm concerned really sit down and understand 
their audience and where their pains, problems and frustrations are. So the fact that Linda's taken the time to do that, I really like and I do highly suggest that you do that. If you don't necessarily have time to sit down with, you know, 20, 30, 40 people, at least try and get one or two in just to really kind of understand it. And if you head over to content.academy on the blog, you'll see an article I've written about uh, how to use Twitter's advanced search. And in there, I give you some insight into how you can use that to better understand the problems of, that your audience are having around a certain topic and also the terminology that they're using to describe their problems or their issues. So certainly if you're looking for some inspiration, go and check that out. Linda's uh, way of getting around um, content blocks or combating that kind of writer's block were very, very interesting. That she really stops and sits down and visualizes the process and visualizes herself writing it and completing it and what it feels like to complete that. But she also examines her why. And again, I really like that. Why am I doing this? What am I hoping to achieve from this? What is going to be the end goal for this? And by better understanding what you're likely to achieve from the task, and what you're going to feel like once it's complete, the chances of you completing it, you know, are very, very high. Whereas we've all been there, we've all come in, we're at the computer, we're tapping away under pressure for deadlines, I have to get this done. And it just, although we can force it and it gets done in the end, by being able to take a couple of minutes, sit back, relax, think about everything, it helps us get into a flow and we help helps us to get things done quicker as well, I would also say. And um, to add on to that, it's not a point that Linda made, but I also find that by doing that, you do get through things quicker because you have a clear pathway from end to finish. So again, really, really like that. And also her unconventional method then for coming up with brainstorming ideas was really good. About first thing in the morning, spending 10 minutes there just thinking about this, but putting it out into the universe, as she says, that the night before, this is what I would like when I wake up. And when she wakes up, she takes some time, she plans time to think about these things. And that's a big thing that I, most people don't do. You need to plan time for content brainstorming. And by taking that time to plan it and knowing that, oh, I should be doing this, I should be doing that, and you're kind of rushing around again, by knowing that this time is specifically for that purpose, there's no pressure. You're not trying to get anything else done. You've allotted this time to allow yourself to just sit there and think. And it's a great way of coming up with some content ideas going forward and mapping it all out so some really really great stuff there from linda um i hope you got as much out of that as i did i certainly even picked up some stuff that i'm going to try and, and put into practice over the coming days and weeks but from me for the moment thank you very much for taking the time out of your busy day to join me on the content academy podcast and we'll talk to you again soon